power of sin in darkness Whose love is mighty and so much stronger The King of glory, the King above all kings Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder The King of glory, the King above all kings This is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You laid down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me
Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to Cap City Church. We are so glad that you are with us today. Um, if it is your first time here, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're just going to continue on with this time of worship this morning. Uh, we just encourage you to worship freely, whether that means sitting or standing. The only thing we ask that you don't do is tap on the glass on the drum cage. He doesn't like that. I'm sorry, Jimmy. But truly, we are glad you're here. Let's, let's just say a word of prayer. Oh, Father God, you are so good. We are so glad to be in your presence this morning, Lord. And God, I know that we're all coming from different walks this week. For some, it's been maybe a lot of highs. For some, maybe a lot of lows. God, I pray that just in these moments for this time, God, that you would just allow us to set those things aside. God, that we may turn our eyes and hearts on you. God, that we would encounter you in ways that we never have before. Oh, God, we want to get to know you. Be with us now in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. you 
For you 
there's only one name above all names. There's one name that we can call and our help is immediate. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So worthy to be praised.
May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children the children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning and in the evening when you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 he is for you
so grateful for you. We are unworthy of all that you give us. Unworthy to stand before you. But God, let, do not let the worship in our hearts stop just because we're going to stop singing. God, let this spirit of worship continue as Pastor Jonathan gives us the word today. God, let it just attack our hearts. That we would be transformed by it, renewed by it. God, that we may leave here better than when we came in this morning, God, because we know without a doubt we've encountered Jesus today. And we know that there is nothing that cannot be done in your name. Oh God, we want to get to know you. Better than we ever have, Lord. I pray you just equip Pastor Jonathan with what he needs to communicate your word effectively and efficiently. That it would just be evident that it is you speaking through him. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Jonathan. It's good to be with you here this morning. Uh, if you're here for the first time or maybe the second or third, you haven't had a chance to connect with us, we'd love for you to consider scanning that QR code on the bulletin this morning or filling out one of those connection cards at the Welcome Center uh, so that we could help you get more connected. Being connected to the life of a church is such an important thing such a big deal to be in the fellowship of other believers that can hold us accountable, that can encourage us to good works, as we're told by Paul. Uh, we are wrapping up this morning our series uh, entitled The Call, and uh, I'm just going to run you through here real quick where we've been. In week one, we learned that knowing we are called brings us courage, gives us identity, and means we are protected and loved. In week two, we discovered that going in our call requires letting go of things, increasing our awareness of God, and trusting God with those things which we cannot see. Last week, Pastor Jacob helped us understand that growing in your call means that we are focused on Christ as our foundation, that we have to rebuke the traps of self-preservation and self-elevation. And then we need to ask the question, where does God want me to position myself so that he can use me. And this week we're going to tie all that together by recognizing that the call requires living in the flow of the Holy Spirit. The call requires the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so to get us started this morning, I have some receptacles, containers, if you will, before me. 
um, and I want to talk you through these. We are in a generation that is obsessed with both coffee and hydration. Everybody understand why that's an issue? Uh, we hear arguments about coffee has, is, has water in it, so maybe it's helping hydrate us. Uh, we fight this battle. If you, don't, if you didn't know this, you can actually buy an energy drink now that boasts of how much caffeine it has in it and that it's a hydrating drink as well. Again, doesn't work. It's not how those things work. We don't hydrate and dehydrate at the same time. Maybe the one's supposed to offset the other. Don't need you to give me the science of it later. You work it out on your own time. Uh, these things I have before started with just a basic drinking glass. You, go, you get thirsty and you go to the kitchen and you grab a glass and you fill it with water. This is what normal human beings have done for years and years and years in America. We would go to the faucet and we'd turn on the water and we would get a drink. Um, then, uh, God rest, um, my grandpa, my, my grandpa's store, my mom's dad, he couldn't believe that somebody would pay a dollar for a bottle of water when this ingenuity was discovered that, that you could put water in a bottle and sell it at a concession stand and people would pay for it. But he did say for a dollar, it wasn't that bad. Um, then this is a shaker cup. So I would carry this around if I wanted to mix something in my water so that it doesn't taste like water, right? So we have drinks, we have powders and different things we can put in our water so it's not plain. It still hydrates us, but it has some flavor to it. Um, but then I might decide at some point, I don't want to come across as being like an extreme fitness person or over-athletic or someone to look at my body, see this shaker cup and be like, what's that supposed to be doing for you kind of thing, right? So I transfer it to this cup where it's the same thing, but you can't tell what it is. I really wish this wasn't a true story as we move through here. I transfer it to this cup so when I sit in my office and I'm drinking my grape-flavored water that you don't think anything of it and you really don't even know it's in my mug at all. Um, so then I get to a New Year's, and we'll switch these for today. They did a good job with size order, but I'm thinking through my history of hydration. And uh, then you get to the beginning of the new year, right, where you're going to drink a gallon of water a day, right? This is especially, I don't know what age it is. Some of you, you all know there's an age where we quit drinking liquids after a certain time at night, right? You either understand that or you don't this morning. So if you've been drinking two cups a day and you switch to this, it's not a good decision in the immediate, right? You learn, in fact, some of them, this doesn't have it. One of my staff at the last church, it actually told you what time you were supposed to be at each place in the bottle, if you've seen those before. And of course, my favorite was when I'd carry around this big jug and drank down to about here um, by the end of the night. But uh, yeah, I was, I was going to do that. But then again, I can't walk into a meeting uh, with, you know, important people and carrying this huge jug. So then I thought, well, this hides a little bit better. I actually don't know that I've ever used this one. This is my latest one. I don't need to carry the full gallon. I'll just carry enough that I always have enough with me. Maybe I was going to fool myself into believing that I was more hydrated if I carried these containers. If I made these efforts. Church, I'm afraid sometimes in the church we make claims to try to fool others and fool ourselves. What's going on inside of us is different than what we're showing the outside. We're going to talk a little bit this morning about how that can be when we relate to the Spirit of God living inside of us. And so I, I always like to give you the text at the beginning. I forgot to do that, but some of you are pretty smart and you saw it there on the screen. Um, 
But we're gonna look, we're gonna go to John seven thirty seven through thirty nine. I want to set the scene for you for just a second because we're in a few verses. Jesus and his disciples are at the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, tabernacle, if we use the word tabernacle as a verb, to tabernacle means to dwell. Um, and so what the Israelites would do, this was one of the big three feasts that they celebrated. I mean, they celebrated a lot of things. It was one of the bigger three feasts that they celebrated every year. And it was to commemorate. They would live in booths or tents for seven days to remember how they were traveling or how they were out in the wilderness for 40 years. They would remember that time and, and, and how God was there for them and, and provided for them. And so we're at this, feast, at, at this great festival, and as all these different things are happening, we come to John 7, 37, and we, find, we pick Jesus up on the scene at the last day of the great feast. John 7, 37 says, on the last day, the great day of feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, had not received yet, were to receive For the Spirit was not yet given. Those of you that know your New Testament, Spirit's not yet given because they're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit after Jesus has ascended into heaven and they wait on it. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray that the words of the Scripture this morning would come alive for those who would allow it to be heard and received in their spirit today. God, that we would understand that your flow of the flow of your Holy Spirit makes the difference in everything. That it's undeniable. That it's unstoppable. God, that it has the power of sin and darkness and that you put that power inside of us so that we are a source of living water to others. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in the lives of each individual however he fit as we know he's capable of doing. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, if we talk a little bit more about this, this feast this morning that they were at, during the feast, the priest, this, this was written in, in the Jewish history books in the Mishnah, the priest would go to the, pole, the pool of Siloam with a golden pit, and they would draw out water for that pool, and they would take it in to, to the temple, and they would pour the water out of this golden pitcher into a silver bowl that was next to the altar. And those people uh, they, they commemorated that, they remembered that, they honored that, and they understood the movement of that water to be living water that represented the Spirit of God. So when Jesus stood among them and said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, he was declaring himself to be that living water, and he was fulfilling the prophecy from Zechariah 14 that said living water would flow out of Jerusalem when God has come. There's three questions today that we need to answer about the flow of the Spirit in our life. And we'll start right at the very beginning. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit. We sing a song that says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We talk about the presence 
of the Holy Spirit in a service. But what does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit of God? I've heard many great preachers and, and read many great sermons over the years that have talked about a misappropriation and a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. There are definitely emotional and physical manifestations of the Spirit. We can have an almost euphoric sense within us that we can label as the Holy Spirit. But if Paul warned us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, drinking wine, it's apparent that somewhere people were interchanging various highs, emotion, endorphin releases that are worldlings with similar feelings that might be the Holy Spirit. Follow so far? We can look into a Sunday morning service after a couple of caffeinated beverages, start singing with the lights down, and if we aren't careful, we might be feeling the same thing that with any secular concert venue. I guess what I'm trying to say in so many words is that the Holy Spirit is not simply a movement of emotion during a time of religious practice or spiritual disciplines. I can't claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit during a worship service and not act in a way that's reflective of the Holy Spirit on Monday at the office or Tuesday in my private time at home. I'm really glad we put this bottle of water up here. Sometimes it's not as simple as just saying I have or I haven't. This yes or no answer. Receiving the Holy Spirit means that you asked Jesus to give you the Holy Spirit. It didn't happen if you didn't ask him to do it. Receiving the Holy Spirit means that there's a point in time that you ask Jesus to give you the Holy Spirit to the extent that the thirst in your life was filled. Jesus stood up at this great feast and he, the phrase cried out in the scriptures that day doesn't give the impression of a whisper. It, it definitely implies the raising of one's voice with the intent that you want many people to hear it. I wish I had Jacob's step stool from last week. I'd step on it to, to show that I believe Jesus elevated himself at this time somewhere to make sure that people could hear him. And he cried out, is anyone thirsty? Is anyone thirsty? It'd be hard for me to believe that he didn't stand and do it right after that priest walked with that golden pitcher into the temple. You don't stand and proclaim something where there is not a need. Jesus stood and proclaimed it because there was a great deal of people that were thirsting for something. Jesus spoke to the need that was in each one of them. That need may have manifested it itself in so many different ways, in so many different people, but he knew that whatever the longing of their heart was, it ultimately could be filled by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The question we have on the screen right now is, have you received the Holy Spirit? To which many of you might reply, how do I have been filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm so glad that you asked. Let me start with a simple, straightforward answer and then wrap it a little bit for you. If you aren't sure this morning, and there's nothing in this life that you need to be more sure of, if, you aren't sh if you're unsure this morning about whether or not you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, then you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that connect? If you're not sure, it, it's some accident. It wasn't the third or fourth cup of coffee. It wasn't because you were emotionally heavy and came and dumped on the altar during the second worship song. You know 
You know that you know that the Spirit of God is living in you. And if you're not sure about that, we're going to give you a chance to rectify that this morning. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's undeniable. It's unparalleled. His indwelling is not a trick. It's not a mystery. It's not a secret. When when filled with the Spirit of God, we have power over life. We have power to conquer and overcome sin. We are insecure because His presence is enough for us. We are filled with love and joy and peace and gentleness, kindness and patience and meekness. We love nothing but God and we hate nothing but sin. So many ways that you can know, but a sure tell way is, is to see if living water is coming out of you. Is living water coming out of you? That's our next thought this morning. You know, Jacob and I have both attempted at different times. We've recounted a song from days of yore to sing you bars. If Jacob wants to continue in that, he can. But I've made a, I've made a leadership decision, Jacob, that I will not be doing that any longer. Just <laughs> watching the live stream a couple times, there's always things I want to do better. I, I definitely decided I wasn't called to sing anymore. <laughs> well, just assume you're speaking of yourself there, not the preacher. So I'll just read you the lyrics from this one. I've got a river of life going out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors and sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Now I'll just, I'm going to give you the course here in just a second. But those are the things you should be thinking about today. Not about, well, I've got some good stuff about that later in the sermon. So we'll just wait. I'll tell you what you shouldn't be thinking about later. But what does it mean that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? The course goes on. Spring up, all well, within my soul. Spring up, all well, and make me whole. The Holy Spirit wants to make you whole this morning. Spring up, all well, and give to me that life abundantly. If you are living anything short of an abundant life, what do you do with the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, he proclaimed, he cried out, he shouted, if anyone thirst, let them come to me. And when he drinks of me, not only will he be filled, but out of your innermost parts will flow rivers of living water. Jesus is saying that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will become a source of his spirit to others. Christian, if that doesn't make sense, if you can't relate to that, if you don't understand that this morning, I'm telling you that God has put the Spirit of God inside of you so that you pass it to other people. I know it sounds like high-level stuff, but when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can now relate, release that same Spirit of Christ to others that you come in contact with. So, let me ask, ask you this this morning. When people encounter you, oh, by the way, I said three questions. This was a bonus one. This is like a fourth question right there in the middle. People encounter you. Do they walk away feeling refreshed or dehydrated? Filled up or emptied out? Now, I want you to stop thinking about that other person since you wouldn't take personal self-accountability because you thought about somebody else that did to you. I, I was saying it. I thought about somebody that dehydrated me. I tried to resist with all I could. Y'all know what I'm talking about, though. There's people that just 
wear you out, suck the life out of you. You don't want to see him coming because you know it's going to be a source of discouragement and discontent and complaining and whining. You can't fix them, you can fix you. You can make sure that living water is forth from you so that you can refresh us when they come to you. You could ask the question, am I filling up others? When people encounter Jesus, they always let him, they always walked away from him feeling rich. But only, some might say, well, I don't know, he's found out to be the case, but only as they had a thirst for him and a desire to be filled with him. Isn't that what he said when he stood up at the tabernacle? If anyone thirsts, let them come to me. They came with a thirst that they wanted to be fulfilled by the Savior. And so let me be clear about this today. You cannot say you are filled with the Holy Spirit and speak more negatively than you do positively. You can't be filled with worry and concern. You can't be a constant source of any discontent. I dare you to prove me wrong on that. Study the New Testament. Study the martyrs of, of times of past and of recent days. No matter what the ridicule, no matter what the persecution, Paul and Silas still sat and sang in prison. Still continually being a source of life because it was no longer their flesh that had precedent, but the Spirit. And so the challenge this morning is, will you be filled today with the Holy Spirit? Notice in parentheses, I put again, because I didn't want to disqualify anyone. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit or you never have. These, these last thoughts apply, for, apply to everybody. Self-assessment time. Go ahead and be honest with yourself. Some say, I can go back to a place. I remember a time. I know that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm grumpy. I'm impatient. I struggle to control my anger. I'm still a little self-serving. And often I serve more as a drain than a fountain. The temptation of sin seemed longer than it used to be or had relinquished, and my ability to resist waned. To stay in the flow of the call, we have to stay in the flow of the Spirit. Isaiah 44, verses 2 through 4, tells us that the Lord says, He who made you and formed you from the womb, He will help you. Do not, because I have chosen you. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your children and your children and your children and their children and my blessing on your descent. And they will spring among the grass like poplars by streams of water. Staying in the flow of the call requires staying in the flow of the spirit. Getting out of the flow, it happens, Christian. The flow stops because we've quit drinking of living water. And, and getting back in the things, life to everyone around us. And I'm going to take a look at another passage in Acts chapter 4. You don't have to turn there. But in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John were arrested. And if you want to go and read Acts 4 today, I'll give you another reason your Bible. I can't give you the whole story this morning. But they're arrested for maybe preaching the gospel, maybe for healing a lame man, maybe. They're trying to figure out the charges. If you read Acts 4, you see them kind of question what it is exactly that they were on trial. Acts 4, verse 1 says, As Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard 
and the Sadducees came up to them being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is going to disturb some people. If you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you this morning, there should be a disturbance between you and other people. You shouldn't be getting along with everybody. Pastor, I thought you told us to get along. Get along with each other. But there's some things in other people's lives that you shouldn't be getting along with. Verse 7, they begin to inquire about this miracle and said, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, gave his response. And after being filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 13, it says that the, those watching observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. People were going to know. I shouldn't have to ask you if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I should be able to ask the people around you if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. These people that opposed Jesus, that crucified him on a cross, recognized that there was a difference in them because of the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And this is where I want to get us home to when I talk about again. In verse 31, Peter and John, they go, they're going to release them. They say, you can, we can release you, but you got to quit preaching Jesus. And they say, well, just answer this for us. Is it better to listen to you or listen to God? So they didn't have much ground to stand on then. They go back to the other disciples. And in Acts 4.31, they're praying. And it says, and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, the reason I wanted to highlight Acts 4.31 is for a couple reasons. But first off, in Acts chapter 2, we see that these men have been filled with the Holy Spirit. So this wasn't the first time that it happened. But secondly, I want to point out that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the most primary reaction to being filled with the Holy Spirit in the Word of God is to speak the Word of God with boldness. In fact, that was the very intent for which the Holy Spirit was given. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, You will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. And so I wonder this morning if the reason that the Holy Spirit the power of the Spirit that you once experienced, that you're experiencing now, I hope, if, if it hasn't waned, because you've quit using it for what it's supposed to be used for. I, I, can't, I, I don't know that I can find this clearly in Scripture, but I've heard it in my prayer life, I've wrestled with it, and I don't think it's unscriptural. God is not going to waste His Holy Spirit on you. He will not waste his Holy Spirit. You will not be filled with power. You will not be filled with healing. You will not be filled with the ability to speak the gospel to other people if you're not using it as a witness to give him glory. Not happening. Your prayer life is being stifled by the fact that you're not using the Holy Spirit that's in you to share the gospel message with other people. And so what happens when a flow stops, it gets stagnant and dirty and, use, and nobody wants to do anything with it. And that's what has happened to so many of us is that we've been filled with the Spirit. We've stopped using it for the intent that it was given. We've used it instead to boast of who we are to gain a certain position. 
But if you feel like you're lacking in his spirit this morning, it might be that you're not using that power to share your faith. He's not going to waste his power on people that aren't, are going to take that power from Let me just help you out this morning. We just preached a series entitled The Call. We've got Jacob's going to help you understand what we're doing at the tables. We've been prepping you for it. You're going to go sign up to help us work in different ministries in the church, and that's so important. You need to share your faith with the waitress at lunch today. You need to share your faith with every person at church, or excuse me, at the office until they're here. I don't care if they've heard it a thousand times. Every person you go to school with, every person in your neighborhood, that is your call. Will you quit getting hung up on positions or titles or geography that are attached to God's call and understand that right where you are with the very Holy Spirit that he's given you, he's calling you to reach out and touch someone and release the Spirit of God to that person. Peter and John were sharing their faith, choosing to obey God over man. They were lasered, and then they continued in prayer. I'm going to give you this just before we start a time of response this morning, because yesterday as I was trying to wrap up sermon, I felt the Lord speak to me, and, and he, he inclined me. This is just exactly what I felt him impressing upon me. We're in John 7, and he's talking about this living water and it coming out of them and, and how we're going to be a source of living water to others. And the Lord just said, why don't you tell them about where I said that before? I go, well, I got the Zechariah text in there, God. I don't know where, where you're going. And then I remember the woman at the well. John chapter 4, Jesus comes to get a drink from Jacob's well, and it's the heat of the afternoon because she's not allowed to come with the other people because she's a whore. Nobody wants to her. She's disgusting. She's dirty. They're all that way inside, but she's that way externally, and so they condemn her for it. He meets this woman at a well, and he asks her to give him something to drink, right? And she goes, she, she goes into the physical, right? I, I can't give you anything to drink. You, you're not supposed to talk to me. I'm basically a dog to you. And... He looks at the woman well and said, you're going to be a spring of life, giving life to others. I'm choosing to reveal myself to you, even though I know everything about you. Jesus was there at the well, and she said, if you knew who I was, and he said, if you only knew who I am. When she said, where is this well that you're talking about, teacher? He responded, I am that well. When she said, we know the Messiah will tell us these things when he comes, Jesus responded, I am that well. When she said, you don't know everything that I've done wrong, he said, I am that well. He knew about all of the divorces, all the adultery, all of the pain, all of the abuse. And he said, I choose you to tell other people about my Holy Spirit that I'm going to release to them. I don't know where you fit into any of those stories this morning. Maybe you're in the crowd and you're thirsty. Maybe you're the one that thinks they're deserving to receive the message of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're one that was filled like they were at Pentecost and you've got to Acts chapter 4 and you've quit praying and you quit seeking or you've been working so hard you've released the Spirit of God to others and you need to be refreshed. It's why Jesus went away so often to pray and be with the Father. I'm going to invite the team to come and I'd ask the question, church, how have we lost focus today? And the answer to the question doesn't really matter. What does matter is that we regain our focus on understanding that the world needs Jesus. And to share that message, we need the Holy Spirit. 
Why isn't my witnessing working, Jonathan? Because you're just talking to them about words or just telling them some religious story from 2,000 years ago. But when the Holy Spirit gets involved in that, there is power that goes forth that causes that message to be transforming in the lives of others just the way as it was in you. The passages that we've today should help us to see it's not a previous experience in our Christian life, but the Holy Spirit lives in the here and in the now. We need to refocus because we've become distracted. We need to be refilled because we have been emptied or drained. How do we get refilled? Same way we refill anything. We go to the source. When Jesus spoke at the feast in our package, in our, excuse me, in our passage today, he said that the Spirit wasn't given yet, but Jesus was still with him. But because he ascended into heaven and is gone from us, he sent his Spirit to live inside of us. Church, we want this continual flow of the Spirit to lives. We need to be using his Spirit to be on mission, sharing his message. We need to obey everything that his Spirit says to us to do, convicting us of sin, reconciling with others, removing bitterness and anger from our hearts. And we need to intentionally and specifically pray for a fresh outpouring of his Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the team to come right now. And you need to understand that being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important for every Christian. We need to return to the prayer we have so often prayed in previous days. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. We should experience fresh fillings of the Spirit all the way through our Christian experience. For only then can we live joyfully, serve powerfully, and glorify God in all that we think and do and say. If you're not sure what all this means this morning... Just come and pray and ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I'm explaining to you today, right now, that the understanding that you, leak, that you lack will be revealed to you as you kneel and pray for greater discernment and understanding through his Holy Spirit. Church, I need you to pray this prayer today. No pride, nothing between you and God. Would you just come and ask God to give you a fresh outpouring of his spirit today? If you've been filled with his Holy Spirit, there's no reason why you shouldn't want to pray that prayer. We need him more today than ever before. I'm going to ask my pastors that I've invited to come to the altar. They're going to pray for you, however I need to be prayed for with this morning. God has never... He has never quit calling you. And he'll never quit revealing himself. But we make a choice as to whether or not we're going to see and hear him. He calls. We have closed ourselves up to the mystery and the beauty that is about us and within us. And when this happens, we need to return to the source of living water. Would you stand out the sanctuary with me this morning? And this is the song that, that Cole prepared for us. It's so simple. And I hope it would be the prayer of your heart this morning. This is my desire to honor you. With all my heart, Lord, I worship you. All I have within me, if you praise, all that I adore is in you. If you can't speak the words of and boldness this morning, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you in every breath that I take and every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in us this morning. Holy Spirit, I don't pray so much that you fall in this place, but that you speak to hearts. I know you've been speaking to hearts. 
God, I know that we can talk all we want about revival, Lord, that revival takes place as each individual allows the Holy Spirit to burn fresh in them, to, to burn out those things in their life that need to go away, to be filled with the power and the confidence to share the gospel message in word and in deed to those that are around us. Lord, we see people being drawn unto us so that we can lift you up to glory, Lord, just the same way as you did when you walked on this earth. Oh, Lord, help us to be obedient during the time of response this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Breath that I take 
every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart and give you my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take. Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. I made reference to it earlier in the sermon that it's so important that we don't confuse the movement or the filling of the Holy Spirit with emotions. It doesn't mean it's not going to be emotional. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be exciting. It doesn't mean there's not going to be physical manifestation. But I, I remember having a conversation with a fellow Christian at the office one day years ago. We were talking about church on Monday. We were talking on Monday about church on Sunday. And I said, how was church yesterday? He said, oh, it's such a great, great time together. The presence of the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit moved, and I, I just said about the most abrupt and mean thing I probably could have said. How did he change you? How are you changed today? If we haven't with the Holy Spirit, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, there needs to be a follow-up prayer as we this place today. When you go home tonight, when you get up tomorrow that says, God, I know that you don't want to leave me the same as what I was. I ask for the power of your Holy Spirit. Show me how I can change so that I can be a representative, a witness of your gospel message to others. If you've experienced the Spirit this morning, that means you've experienced the beginning of a change. It's your job to nurture the flow of the Spirit in your life so that as the Scriptures say, out of your innermost parts, out of your mouth, out of your actions, with your body, with your mind, will flow rivers of living water. Church all around us today in Hamilton Township School District, in Southwestern City School Districts, in Columbus, in Grove City, in Abbeville, in every area around, people are thirsting for something. And you've got it. Don't keep it from them.
I'm going to say just a prayer of blessing over you, and then I'm going to invite Jacob. It is a big step off to those tables after the service and say, hey, God, I want to take whatever next step I can to help this be an infrastructure for the Holy Spirit here at Cap City Church and serve you, God, with gladness in the areas of need in this community. Lord, we're thankful that you kept your promise, that you said you would not leave us, God, I think of how sad of a day it must have been to see you go. But you said, if you'll hang on for just a second, what I'm going to send you is way better than my physical presence. I'm going to let my spirit live inside of you, and you're going to take this power. You're going to do greater things. Lord, humbly, we ask that you would show us the greater things that you need us to do on your behalf, and all the while returning glory to you. Thank you for your people, Lord. Protect them. Let your presence go before them and behind them and be beside them. Give them the boldness and the courage to speak the name of Jesus as they move through their weeks. In Jesus' name. Still not going to go. Sorry about that. At this time, we would like to dismiss our audience, and we'll give you a little rundown of what we're going to be doing with the tables. Uh, but first, I, I want to give a testimony. Mr. Jonathan was talking about sharing the Word of God with boldness, and I was thinking about what that looks like in our daily lives. And this week, I was uh, at the gym on Friday. And when I go to the gym, I really go for one purpose, to clear my head and to work out. And I started talking to a, a gentleman 